0: You are now listening to The Soul & Wonder Podcast, Episode 18, Kicking Addiction, Diabetes, and Other Illness to the Curb.
1: Welcome to The Soul & Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and your guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe. Uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing,
0: all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah.
2: We are so stoked!
0: Pumped up! We're
2: not going to chat you off too long on this intro because we have a little bit lengthier of an interview following this introduction, but we are so excited to bring it to you. In this episode, we've interviewed Adam Sud.
0: Adam is an, an incredible individual with one of the best stories I've ever heard.
2: It's, he's got such a motivational, inspirational, everything you can think of story to share with the world. And I think everyone, whether they're suffering from any of the mentioned illnesses later, that's diabetes heart disease, or cholesterol, or high blood pressure, or obesity, depression, addiction, any of that, you will relate to this, even if you don't have any of those listed illnesses.
0: It really covers the gamut, and it's really cool to see all of that come together, and how he was able to overcome all of these things. And we first discovered Adam, you know, we've seen him in a Couple different capacities where one was working with the Forks Over Knives crew um, and that whole movement, which is a beautiful movement. Mm-hmm. So if you have, haven't been exposed to that movement, please check out the documentary, documentary Forks Over Knives. Uh, check out their website. They have a book. Um, there's just a lot of good things that they're doing for the for the plant-based movement. And we also heard him on the Rich Roll podcast. And Rich Roll is great himself and he brings on a lot of really cool guests so definitely check out his podcast but adam was on there and sharing his story and we were like we got to have this guy on and then we had a guest on carl hopner episode
2: 14 episode
0: 14 who is another great guy and has a great story
2: he was struggling with depression and then after we got off that podcast he was like you guys should hit up adam said
0: so all of these things uh were pointing us in the direction of Adam, and we finally were able to get him on, and it's it was a cool one. Really yeah. enjoyed it.
2: We're excited for him to share his story with you of how he overcame addiction and uh, reversed all of his illnesses that he was suffering from as a result from food addictions as well as drug addiction. But just to recap really quickly for those of you who are new to the Soul and Wonder podcast, we are Whole Foods plant-based advocates that just so happen to also be vegan. Um, It's not always one and the same, but you'll find many whole foods plant-based lifestyle livers or leaders are also vegan as well. But a whole foods plant-based approach is backed up with decades of scientific data that say if you limit your caloric intake from 5 to 10% or less, preferably zero, of meat and dairy, then you can not only thrive but reverse illness. course that depends on what it is that you may be suffering from if you seem to be healthy go-getter already 10% is a safe zone 5% for those who are wishing to reverse illness and 0% for some if you just want to make a complete transformation in the quickest amount of time and uh, we are the zero percenters but not everyone is and Adam used that method the zero percent meat and dairy method meaning a 100% plant lifestyle and the transformations that he reached within that short amount of time is absolutely incredible. You're going to love his story. Please listen to him. You'll you'll feel it. You'll feel it really deep. It's going to get in you and I want you to take his resources that he lists throughout his story and do some of your own research if you'd like to further understand the Whole Foods plant-based lifestyle.
0: And if you enjoy this interview and feel so inclined to share it, we would really greatly appreciate it. We really want to just get this message out there and help people to change their lives in a positive way. So please, uh, we will be sharing this on our Instagram, on our Facebook, our email list and everything. But if you, again, if you feel so inclined to share this, um, we would really appreciate it. So
2: you could help change someone's life around simply by putting this in their path. So And remember to stay tuned at the end of the interview for your health tip of the episode. Welcome back, everyone. We are super excited. We're now here with Adam Sudd, who is only 34 years old and he's already battled against obesity, type two diabetes, high cholesterol, high blood pressure, drug addiction, fast food addiction, and severe depression. Once weighing over 300 pounds, he had lost all interest in life and addicted to fast food and prescription drugs. Adam dug himself out with plant-based nutrition after attending an immersion with Rip Esselstyn. Having reversed all of his chronic health conditions and losing 160 pounds, Adam is now a health coach for the Whole Foods Market Medical and Wellness Clinic in Austin, Texas. He's also an addiction recovery counselor who's developed a program using plant-based nutrition as a tool for strengthening recovery and relapse prevention. Well, that's quite the bio, Adam. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. We're happy to have you here.
1: Oh, It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
2: i tell you what. That... Uh, that alone, like just that introduction, if that doesn't hook people to listen to this, I don't know what would.
1: Thank you.
2: You know, that's that you basically just in that one sentence covered a lot of the issues today that we're facing. And I think a lot of people can relate to this on such a profound level.
0: Yeah, I know we've been uh, also looking forward to this interview for quite some time. We've all of our guests that we've had, we've really enjoyed our uh their company, but having you is just a uh, a treat and it really covers a lot of different things in one interview, which is great because, you know, instead of grabbing somebody that's talking about depression, we just had Carl Hopner on, which was great and he actually oh, talked awesome about guy. you. So
1: Carl is fantastic. He and I uh after my Rich Roll podcast, he and I connected and and we talked and he and, you know, he and I have walked a similar path and uh you know i'm just uh i'm i'm a big fan of his he's a he's a much stronger athlete than i am he's he, he's uh you know some i i would love to be the the caliber of athlete that he is one day but you know he's he's got a good head on his shoulders i like that guy he's a good young man
2: oh yeah carl i think we had him on episode 14 was it yeah yeah so for our listeners who haven't checked that out we recommend getting back there listening to that too um as carl also has a really inspiring story but he After our interview with Carl, we were chatting for a minute, and he was like, you guys should reach out to Adam Sud, and we were already following you on Instagram, and I was like, Adam Sud, Adam Sud, why does that sound so familiar? And then, of course, you were on Forks Over Knives, which is one of our favorite documentaries in the plant-based world, and it just clicked. I was like, well, duh, we got to get Adam Sud on the show. (laughs) Thank you. So, how? before we dive into your story, how was that being on Forks Over Knives?
1: Um, well I mean I was on you know I wasn't in the documentary but I was in the uh i've been on i've been in their magazine i've, I've been published on their their website and uh and you know i'm I'm good friends with Robbie Barbaro, who uh, worked with uh, forks over knives and and now he's uh he just did this amazing mastering diabetes online summit with his partner dr cyrus they their 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 business partners they they're they're both type one diabetics and they manage their type one diabetes with a, a high fruit plant based diet um, and their program just it, it completely changes people's lives by allowing them to reduce their insulin resistance like 40 fold uh, really? by switching to um, a 100 percent plant based diet uh, they they focus on uh, you know a high fruit diet but uh, basically, just getting people to switch to a plant-based diet, and and there there are some incredible people. So yeah, getting getting to be involved with the Forks Over Knives movement has mm-hmm. uh, really allowed me to connect with some really incredible people. Um, and you know, it all it all really started uh, with my uh, with getting to meet Rip Esselstyn back in uh, 2010, I believe. So. Uh, but that that's part of the story, so I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yes,
2: yeah. yeah, we uh, listened to your episode with Rich Roll, and it's quite the lengthy story, which we really enjoyed that one as well. We love listening to his podcast. I'm sure that was a pleasure for you to share that space with him.
1: It, he's he's a pretty awesome guy. It was uh, it was it was a really cool experience to go down to uh, to his recording office uh, in. Uh, I think it's it's close to Malibu, and and um, get to hang out with him for a good four hours and just chat it up and geek out over plants and running and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. He's such a cool guy. That's
0: that's that's great. That's really cool. So, let's. Uh, I know we have we have an hour here or so. So yeah. let's let's dive into this a little bit. I wanna I wanna get the nitty gritty and everything. So. If you want to take our listeners through your story a little bit, um, yeah. and kind of from beginning to end, um, I understand it's a very long story, so you know, give us the version you'd like. But uh, let's yeah. let's start this
1: off. Sounds good. So, you know, my story uh, really started, um, you know, back in high school when when I was put on uh, Adderall for attention deficit disorder. Um, diagnosed by a doctor, I actually diagnosed in middle school with AD, with ADD, and uh, put on Ritalin at the time. But uh, didn't, you know, in middle school it, it wasn't an issue. But in high school, you know, I was put on Adderall at the time. I just moved to Austin, so I started a new high school, didn't know anybody, uh, didn't, I never really felt good in my own skin. Always had self-image issues. Uh, I, my father um, was is growing up was hypercritical about lifestyle behavior. So he would uh constantly, you know, criticize uh about the foods I was food choices I made and, and wanted me to be healthy. And this this comes from, you know, he lost his father very young to cancer and so destructive lifestyle behavior for him, when he sees someone he loves exhibiting those things, he it he becomes fearful. But for him, he's not he wasn't at the time he wasn't a very emotionally open person. And his reaction to it would be to become hypercritical, just try and fix the problem. Uh, and, and so that sort of created a strained relationship. And it was one, one weekend, uh, had a lot of homework to do, and there was a big party, and my friends called me and said, you gotta come to this, this party, and I told them I couldn't. They told me that if I just took a bunch of my Adderall on Sunday night, I could stay up all night and get all my work done, and wouldn't be an issue. Well, uh, you know, I just decided I should bring extra Adderall to the party and stay up all night at the party and have a blast. And and I was immediately addicted to it, uh, because what it did for me was, in my opinion, what I thought was it, it, it was the solution to every one of my problems that I thought the world saw in me. Uh, so one, I became the type A personality that I thought I needed to be, to be the successful student that I wasn't, uh. I'm, I'm. I was a very smart student, but I, w- I didn't fit into the, the the structure of the traditional school system. Um, it also allowed me to stay up all night, have all the fun I wanted, and never never tire. And it's an amphetamine, so it completely curbed my appetite, and it allowed me to control my uh, eating and lose all the weight I wanted to to become the person that I thought the world wanted me to be physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I got very addicted very quickly, and it spun out of control in college, really. Because, look, in high school, that drug was working for me really well. Um, I got the scholarship I wanted to, the school I wanted to go to, I had the friends I wanted. I had a blast in high school, I really did. Um, But in college, you know, after four years of of constantly abusing a drug, it stops working. Yeah, it
0: definitely is, and I think Sarah and I can both relate to that, Yeah, I'm I'm 30 years old, you're 34, so in our generation, this started to really pick up the Adderall, the diagnosis of ADHD, ADD, and and so doctors were prescribing it more and more, and uh, I started, you know, I didn't, I certainly didn't abuse it, but I I had a, a pretty, I would say year long relationship off and on in college with it. And it, I mean, it makes you superhuman essentially. And you know, yeah, to be, to it be honest bad. with you, it's uh, I don't know. It was, it was difficult to be like, okay, well I can go to the library. I'll kick out an all nighter. I'll get up, I'll take my test and I'll just go home and chill out and play video games,
1: sleep, whatever.
2: Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I'll I mean,
1: it. look for our generation, I think that there's a very, small population of people our age in this country that who have attended college and have not experienced Adderall. It's, Mm
2: -hmm. it's a normal thing. Like I'll never forget the first time I ever had it. I was up all night hanging out with friends and then I wanted to go to this party the next night and someone just comes up to me. saw I was dragging, he's like, here, just take this. I'm like, what is it? He's like, just trust me, take it. You'll stay up and you'll feel fine. And I'm like, whatever, which wasn't smart, took it, (laughs) ended up staying up for another 24 hours. And I was like, what is this magic? So, you know, I was an art major in college and yep. I, I could sit there, procrastinate, wait till the night before a project was due, take a bunch of Adderall and just Focus on one art project, get it done in a night. Something that, was, that,
1: that was what I was doing is I went to art school. So, oh, okay, <laughs> and you yeah.
2: can relate to that. And yeah. but you know, over time, what I thought was doing good for me, it was actually making my art. It was inhibiting me at the time because I would focus yep. so much on one little spot instead of yep. like the big picture. And I mean, I never, be- I never, I wouldn't say I went as far as becoming addicted to it because I could turn on and off when I would use it. But it was definitely. abuse because I wasn't prescribed this medication, you know, but it just was flooded all over campus. You could just get it anywhere.
1: Anywhere. And uh, so I started to, uh, you know, start to buy extra. Um, The drugs started to become more important to me than the work I was doing and and the, the dreams that I had and to the point to where I started to get really depressed and... I found an opportunity to take a job back in Austin working on a, a big uh, Hollywood movie, um, which was awesome. And I just used it as a, as a way to say, all right, I'm just going to drop out of school, go back to Austin and be working on this movie, and see where it takes me. And, but really what I was doing was I was avoiding the depression of school. I was going back home to Austin where my dealers were. And I was just going to be able to get as much of the drug I want as I wanted because I was working. And, you know, it it really that's that's when the descent really started, because I, you know, after being on the drug for about six years, it just destroyed my metabolism and my dependency for it had gone up to the point where I was taking a lot. Um, So. I had to be doctor shopping, which is completely illegal. It's mm-hmm. where you have multiple doctors prescribing the same medicine without them knowing about each other. Uh, I was buying extra on the street. I was gaining a lot of weight because it had destroyed my metabolism, and so I was eating a bunch of fast food because I was always looking for the quick fix. Mm-hmm. And you know, my weight really spiraled, spiraled out of control, and of, of course, pretty soon I lost my job. Um and at the time, at this point, uh a normal dosage of Adderall is about forty milligrams a day. I was taking four hundred and fifty milligrams in a twenty-four hour period. And I was probably eating uh four or five McDonald's double quarter pounder cheeseburgers, four or five breakfast tacos, a large pizza, um uh, sugary cereal and about twelve sodas in a twenty-four hour period. Wow!
0: So you're doing um, you're doing quite the number.
1: <laughs> yeah. Until the point where I was, you know, three hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, I lived like a hoarder because uh, my apartment was just covered in fast food garbage and empty pill bottles. Uh, I didn't see anyone. I didn't talk to my friends. Um, I avoided my family except to borrow money, and my life was about as miserable as I believe i could allow allow it to be
2: sorry to interrupt you but let me ask you this out of uh, curiosity did as you were you know developing these addictions these negative relationships with food and things of that sort was it a slow process where you kind of slowly started recognizing each day that you're gaining more and more weight and falling deeper and deeper into the hole or did you just all of a sudden one day like years down say holy cow where did all this weight
1: come from it's a little bit of both to be honest uh because i would notice like you know when when i lost a job and then i was just spending all my time at home and you know my day my my life would revolve around the times that i needed to be either buying fast food or buying drugs or scamming a doctor that's where all of my energy was going and there were times when i'd be like what why is this my life
0: you Mm -hmm. know
1: and uh my family, you know, they barely talked to me. My my parents had cut me off and I was blowing through everything that I had. I knew I was about a month away from living on the street. And uh, it was, I mean, I, I don't remember. Uh, people ask me this question. They ask me if it was a suicide attempt. And I, I honestly can't answer that question. I don't know if it was or it wasn't. But uh, I had been up for probably three days straight and was just taking pill after pill and uh, I uh, my heart started to race and, and I knew I was gonna have a, an overdose and it was the scariest moment of my life, knowing I was about to pass out and knowing that there was a possibility I wasn't gonna wake up. Wow. And, and I, I woke up unconscious on the floor of my apartment Surrounded by fast food trash, surrounded by empty pill bottles, in and laying in my own vomit, and um, I had this, uh, I had this real, like surreal moment where I realized that this is what I was doing. This was I was on a path, right, that was going to lead to one place, and that one that one place I was going was going to be my my family asking themselves why why did I need to eat and drug myself to death and why didn't they say what they should have said to stop from happening even though I know that there's nothing that they could have done um, unless I really wanted it and it was in that moment when I decided that I was finally gonna prove to myself that this didn't need to be my life and I picked up the phone and I called Um, uh, my parents who, I had given them every reason in the world to give up on me. I mean, my relationship with them was, uh, they were my ATM. That's how I treated them probably the last five years of our relationship before they cut me off. And I had given them no reason to believe that I was ever going to change my life. And I called them, and without judgment, without question, they said, don't worry about it, we're going to help you. And two weeks later, they walked me into rehab in Tucson, Arizona. And the first 24 hours of rehab are maybe the most, de- was maybe the most dehumanizing experience of my life because it is, and there's all, there, everything that happens is, is for a reason in, in the first 24 hours of rehab. they they are trying to understand the situation that's walking through the door. Who are you? Uh, what's your physical and uh, biometric situation? Like, what diseases do you have that you are not aware of? So they run all these medical tests on you. They strip search you. They search your bags. There's a reason for that. One, they got to know if you have any like infectious wounds on your body. That, you, they, that, because most drug addicts, a lot of drug addicts that come into rehab, aren't taking care of themselves physically. Mm-hmm. They have to make sure you're not bringing in any drugs to rehab because. I didn't go to rehab sober, I know a lot of people don't, um, and there's a lot of contraband that you're not aware of that affect other people, like if you have brought shirts that reference sports teams, you're gonna trigger um, gambling addicts, so you're not allowed to bring that stuff in. And it's it's a lot of them saying, this isn't okay, this isn't okay, and it's you sort of feel like they're just telling you more about yourself that isn't okay. Uh, but for me it was, it was um, very enlightening experience because I got a call from the doctor telling me that I needed to come see him and I walk into the office and, and I hadn't been in rehab more than 24 hours at this point and he said you know, you're a type 2 diabetic uh, your cholesterol is through the roof and your blood pressure is so high that we're going to monitor you every morning for the first week because there's a possibility that you can have a heart attack um, and that was that was the most grounding diagnosis I got, other than being a drug addict and being, you know, clinically depressed and, and, and any of that, because there were numbers to all of these diagnoses. I couldn't, I couldn't deny any one of them. And luckily, about a year before rehab, my dad, in one of his last attempts to try and get me to see, see what I was doing to myself, uh, took me to Rip Esselstyn's Engine 2 plant-based immersion in Austin, Texas, Mm -hmm. Um, and at this immersion, the purpose of it is to teach you that, one, 98% of all chronic disease is a result of what's on your plate and the lifestyle you live, and number two, that if you follow the principles of a whole food plant-based diet, you can prevent, reverse, and treat 98% of those, Um, and so I knew immediately that all of this was my fault. And I decided in that moment that I was gonna be the cause. If I'm the cause of this problem, I'm gonna be the solution. Because that is exactly what the engine to immersion taught me. If I just switch to a plant based diet, I can reverse these diseases. And that was my goal. I was gonna do that. That was gonna be my recovery because the the addiction, the depression, it was too it was too intangible for me. There were I couldn't prick my finger in the morning and find out where on the scale of depression and addiction I was. But I could weigh myself, I could prick my finger, I could get my blood pressure checked, and I could see the numbers, meaning I could see how the work I was putting in was affecting my health. Sure, and, uh, I, I do have ahead.
0: a question for you. Is, so from, let's recap for a second. So from the time that you started um, an abusive relationship with Adderall until the time that you were diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, what is, what's the time frame we're looking at here?
1: Um, well, so I started abusing Adderall in, uh, in high school. Um, and then I was about, I was 30 years old when I was diagnosed with type two two diabetes. But listen, I had avoided doctors, uh, that entire time. So I don't know how long I was a type two diabetic and I don't know how long I had heart disease. Um, I know that there were a few times that I went to like a traditional MD to get Adderall and they would test my blood pressure and they would say, your blood pressure is really high. And I would say, oh, well, I just get really nervous in doctor's offices and things like that. So I know that the blood pressure wasn't had been an issue for years. So yeah, it was a really bad situation. I mean, they, they were very worried that I, I, before I could leave my dorm, the dorm at rehab to go get breakfast every morning, I had to have my blood pressure checked. And my they had to wait until my resting heart rate was under 110 before wow. I could before I could leave to go get breakfast every morning
2: so you essentially hit the proverbial rock bottom and you reached out to the support system that you had you know your family and then all at the same time you find out you have all these health concerns on top of the emotional and mental you know issues and within such a short amount of time you were able to recognize this and take responsibility into your own hands of realizing that, okay, I did this to myself. I can also be the solution. And yeah. that's a pretty inspirational part of your story right there. Cause I think a lot of people get so discouraged and so, you know, downtrodden with all of that weight that it's almost easier to give up than it is to say, I'm going to be my own solution?
1: Well, giving up to me was dying. Mm -hmm. uh, Because that was what had happened, you know, two weeks before. Um, And like I mentioned, that experience for me was so uh, traumatic, that I was at this point, finally, just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, um, but unfortunately, in rehab, you don't have a lot of control over what you eat. Um, they make the food, and and you eat what they have, and you have to eat, um, sure, because it, they 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 make sure that you eat. And so, I made the best decisions that I could. Although it certainly wasn't a plant-based diet for those thirty-seven days. But when they recommended that I live uh, that I move into a sober living facility in Santa Monica, um, and this. They advertised that this facility was, you know, it was healthy. It had all these healthy. That a chef prepared the dinner every night, and that the kitchen was stocked with healthy foods. I said, "All right, this is where this is where it's going to happen." So I moved in, and I remember walking in and looking at the way they stocked this kitchen, and just just being shocked by the the way that they thought it was okay to feed people who were very sick. Uh, it was, you know sugary cereals and microwavable pizzas and Eggo waffles and sodas Mm -hmm. and chips and so much dairy i mean there was more cheese and milk and cream in that fridge and white bread and bagels and it, it was a joke and i remember thinking to myself that i might be able to leave here three months down the line a year down the line however long I have to stay. I might be able to leave sober, but I'll never leave healthier. Yep. And I was not going to do that because I knew that the way that I felt about my body and the way that, I, that the diseases made me feel about myself, that if I didn't reverse this situation, it was going to lead me back to the drugs. Um, and I walked up to the house manager and I told them that I'm dealing with these diseases, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, so heart disease and uh, type 2 diabetes. And I just signed a contract with them stating that they re- were required to provide food for me. So we have to do something about this because I can't eat any of these foods and I'm not going to. Uh, and they said, okay, well, what, what do you want to get? What, what, what can we get for you? And now listen, I'm a, I'm a seventh generation Texan who is, a fa- who is a fast food addict at this point. Uh, I didn't know a lot of plant-based foods that I liked, but I knew what I did like. Uh, I liked oatmeal, I liked black beans, broccoli, and I liked fruit. Mm-hmm. So that's what I asked them to get for me. <laughs> and that's what I ate every day for every meal for 10 months. Wow. And uh, it was, you know, I remember the first week it being incredibly miserable because I would wake up and yeah, I could tolerate e- eating those meals. Like I, I enjoyed them. They tasted fine. But none of, it, none of it made me feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, none of it gave me the emotional support that a cheeseburger would have given me at the time. And I didn't understand why. I didn't understand how I could be sitting in a situation where I know that if I eat the cheeseburger, if I eat the pizza, if I eat the Fruity Pebbles, I'm going to die. And yet if I can eat these foods and I can enjoy them – Why is it so difficult for me? Why am I crying when I'm doing it? Why, when I'm surrounded by people who can eat whatever they want, why can I not separate their experience from my own and just be okay with this? And somehow, luckily, I stumbled upon Doug Lyle's The Pleasure Trap, and my entire recovery changed because – Now, there's a TED Talk that he gives uh, explaining The Pleasure Trap. The Pleasure Trap is a book that he and Dr. Alan Goldhammer wrote. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's a TED Talk, and I highly recommend everybody watch it because it's only like 15 minutes. Um, And what it explains is if we know what to do to be happy and healthy, if we were lucky enough to hear a doctor called Esselstyn, Dean Ornish, John McDougall, uh, uh, Neil Barnard, Joel Furman. if we heard the message that these people had to say and we knew what direction to go, what to do, why is it so difficult to do it? He was going to answer the question that I was struggling with and I immediately realized what the problem was. It was simply a uh, a, a response to the environment that i had been living in. These foods that I've been get, feeding myself for my entire life created a dopamine response it was so far outside the bounds of normal human experience that biologically, our bodies don't recognize those foods as not coming from nature. So, when you eat a cheeseburger, your body believes that you just picked that thing from a tree. <laughs> and the, the dopamine response is so high and the calorie density is so high, your body says, Wow, this is amazing. It's going to keep me alive. The pleasure response is fantastic. This must be the right thing to do because genetically, that is how we have evolved. This must be the right thing to do, so keep doing it. So when I would do the wrong things, genetically, everything about the the genes that made up who I am is telling me this is the right thing to do. And when I do the right thing, eating plant-based foods that have a substantially uh, lower dopamine response... After I've been habituated to those high dopamine foods, those super saturated foods, that feels wrong to me. and I knew that there was only one way I was going to get out of this. I had to be comfortable being uncomfortable on a daily basis because it is a biological fact that if I just continue eating this way, eating plant-based 100%, that eventually down the road, my pleasure response to these foods would normalize. It is a biological fact. It has to happen. It happens to every human being that does this. It it is just a, a, uh, a shift that has to occur in your brain. If I could be comfortable being uncomfortable long enough, I would wake up one morning and this wouldn't be a chore. And then one day I would wake up and I would look forward to these foods and then eventually I would wake up one day and the idea of going back to eating the way I used to would be so uncomfortable to me. That it couldn't. I could never imagine doing it. I knew that would happen, and I knew that I was going to be the person that could get to that that point.
2: How and, long? How long would you say it took you to make that biological transition?
1: Well, I, I believe that it was about a month until um, I'd say around three weeks to a month until it wasn't a chore anymore.
0: Yeah, I can. Until, uh, I can relate with that for sure, because I know when we switched over and made that switch, we, you know...
2: <laughs> Chris we... almost cried at breakfast. <laughs> oh my God, that's,
0: that's a story within oh itself. But <laughs> we, uh, you know, after making that switch, you know, all of a sudden you're craving these Leafy greens, you're craving cow, you're craving yep. broccoli, and all these things. Like, what? I've never craved any of this before. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and it was it would be later on that I find out that that's actually a response to the uh, microbiome that you develop in your stomach, mm-hmm. in your gut, your second uh, brain. Exactly. So when you when you essentially populate the eco- ecosystem in your gut with uh, plant based microbiomes, it is the the fact that your microbiome craves those those foods to fuel themselves that changes your taste palate changes your 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 sense of taste um but yeah i you know i i think it took me about two and a half three weeks maybe a month until it wasn't a chore but you know within a week my blood my blood sugar dropped 150 points wow Um, so when i left rehab it was you know i got to rehab it was 400 um, and then they, and they put me on metformin, 2,000 milligrams a day, which is the most that they can put someone on before they you start putting on insulin. And I, in total, I was on eight medications for chronic disease, uh, mood, and behavior disorders. And That's a uh, ton. Wow. But I think it was at maybe a month and a half, two months, when I was constantly uh, becoming hypoglycemic. Because I did not know that when you switch to a 100% plant-based diet and you're on a high dosage of metformin, it can quickly become dangerous to be on that drug. And I would test my blood sugar be in the low 60s. And eventually, I just said, this medicine is no longer necessary for me and, and I am getting sick being on it. So I stopped taking the medicine. I went to go see my endocrinologist and he tested my blood sugar. It was like 82 And his response was that, you know, he looked at me, he goes, wow, the medicine's working. And it was like, (laughs) on his face, like he never imagined in his wildest dreams that this medicine would work. And, and I told him that, you know, it wasn't the medicine that I hadn't been taking the medicine for a month, and that it was all because I'd switched to a plant based diet, and he looked at me and he goes, oh, well, that makes sense. I've heard that that works. <laughs> and I stood up and I said, well, it's been great, but I no longer need your services. And I walked out. Good and for you. It was at that point that for the first time in a long time, I experienced self-worth. That by no other, uh, it was by, by no other means than my own w- hard work that I created this situation that I was the cause of this moment. And that self-worth made me feel like any other struggle I was going through, uh, it was gonna be worth it to me to go through that that discomfort in order to save my own life. It made me feel like I was worth saving.
0: That's ultimate liberation.
1: And another thing that I, I, I really believe that the the, the pleasure trap taught me and it doesn't say this outright, but if you look at what is being stated, you look at the science, that this is exactly right. Um, I, you know, I remember early on in recovery um, when I would be crying about not being able to eat the cheeseburgers, not being able to eat the Fruity Pebbles, which was my favorite cereal, um, not being able to eat the breakfast tacos and everything that I wanted, and crying about it on a daily basis and believing that there was like something inherently wrong with me, that I was just a weak individual, that I just had, you know, there was, I, I was of low moral fiber, um, and that couldn't be anything further from the truth. The reason why I wanted those foods so badly was because my body was operating exactly as it should, that that was a reaction of the environment that I had allowed myself to live in for such a long time that made my body believe that those were the things I needed to be biologically successful. And so the fact that I was 320 pounds, the fact that I couldn't stay away from the cheeseburgers, the fact that I had type 2 diabetes wasn't because my body was broken. It's because this is the normal response to the environment that I was living in, that I wasn't a a broken, uh, weak individual. I was 100% normal, and that if I – Switch my thinking and just stick to this lifestyle. My body should operate as it's supposed to, and the typical changes should occur and The typical changes are within two months, my diabetes was gone. Wow, within ten months, I lost a hundred pounds, and within a year, I was off of every single medication I was put on in rehab, including the antidepressants and the mood stabilizers Now that sounds like incredibly you know, uh, like an amazing story that is outside of the, the bounds of, of, the, of the typical response. But if you look at the, the people that were in similar situations that have stuck to, stuck to this lifestyle, you look at the Tim Kaufman's, the Josh Lejani's, the Carl Hopner's, uh, people who have had found themselves in really horrible situations um, that are extreme and put themselves on this diet, this is the typical result of a plant-based diet in those extreme situations
2: the body is incredibly intelligent and we don't we forget that i think and if we just feed it what it needs to do you know to process it's, it'll heal us just almost immediately. Chris and I just got off a three-day water fast. We like to fast once in a while. And yeah. it's amazing seeing the work that your body does when you just give it a break. And then when you start eating your nutrient-rich foods once again, it flourishes even more. And it's just absolutely incredible.
1: Well, but, you know, the, the water fasting thing, that's something that Doug Lyle and his team, they do at the True North Health Center. They'll do water fasts for people up to like 40 days. yeah. Uh, people who come in you know with MS and uh, with some really uh, you know lupus cancer, and cancer, everything all this stuff you, they put them on a water fast and they're able to not only arrest the progression of these diseases but reverse them.
2: Absolutely and, you Abs- know,
1: that sounds like I'm like it's something crazy but <laughs> unfortunately that is what people just think they think, oh well lupus once, once you get it, it there's no stopping it just gets worse and worse. MS, once you get it, there's no stopping it, it just gets worse and worse. Well, what we're finding is that that's not true. Um, that there is, uh, there are a lot of people out there who have had uh, complete reversal of their lupus. Dr. Brooke Goldner being one of them. There's a woman named Joyce Hale, who uh, I'm lucky enough to be friends with, who went through a horrific experience with lupus. Uh, Shannon Farrell, uh, who had 12 doctors at one point. Um... And uh, couldn't walk, and uh, had you know was on just all this horrible medicine. Switched to the plant based diet, and now she has nothing. Mm-hmm.
0: It's completely it, healthy. Al, Alan Goldhammer at uh, True North. He's doing. I mean, they're all the whole team. They're doing some amazing things. We listened to a few talks uh, by Alan, and it's just incredible to hear some of these stories. It's like blows your mind.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got a question for you about um, the diabetes you had, though. Yeah. So. As plant based advocates, I'm sure you're very familiar with this. Um, We occasionally receive a bit of kickback from people who still believe that nutrition can't heal someone of diabetes, whether that's type 1 or type 2, or any chronic illness for that matter. You know, it's the occasional person who's like, you can't do that. You know, plants don't heal you. Um, And so I was curious that when you decided to eat, a whole foods plant diet to reverse all of these illnesses, particularly the diabetes. Did you, did people give you hell for that?
1: Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I lived in a sober living facility with like 12 other guys in their twenties. You don't think that they were giving me the protein <laughs> nonsense on a daily basis? need um, your
0: protein, bro. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, where do you get your cholesterol, bro? Uh, <laughs> that's the best response. Uh, but, uh, you know look uh i when I was at the immersion uh and I heard dr Caldwell Esselstyn and I heard Doug Lyle and I heard you know uh dr clapper and 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 I heard rip and, and I listened to the science and I kept my ego out of it um it all makes sense and it this is not just this is not just theory and hypothesis this is based on decades of data uh going back to, you know, the 1930s, if you read the, the, the book by uh, Michael Greger, How Not to Die, um, and it made sense to me, and I wasn't going to allow, you know, the fitness industry to certainly influence my decisions on health, so uh, I decided that I wasn't going to listen to anyone else other than, than the, the doctors that I had uh, listened to at the Immersion. And I had, you know, what was my choice? Medicine for the rest of my life, which was just going to help me hide the numbers that stated I had disease, or I could reverse them completely. And if it didn't work, there was always the medicine. What's the what's the harm? And hey, you know, at the same time, I'm also uh, not committing any, uh, you know, horrific torturous uh, acts <laughs> on animals, and I'm also helping the environment. So. There is absolutely no downside to uh, a plant-based diet. Absolutely, and and the science is pretty clear in terms of type two diabetes. We know that type two diabetes is caused by fat. It's an intramyocellular lipid problem. It is uh, lipids being excess lipids being stored in the muscle cells, and when we eat food, that glucose in our blood can't get into those muscle cells. And uh, unless the insulin is able to unlock that cell essentially and allow the glucose mm-hmm. to be burned. Well, when that cell is clogged with extra lipids, excess fat, the insulin cannot allow the glucose into the cell to be burned. So uh, you use just fuel. So we get excess sugar in the blood. It's it's not a sugar problem. It's a, it's a fat problem. You reduce the fat. You increase your fiber. Uh, you, you By not eating animal products, you're... you're already at a low-fat diet because even the leanest piece of chicken is over 30% of its calories coming from fat. Mm-hmm. And you're, there's no there's, – essentially, unless you're eating a bunch of nuts and seeds, there's no saturated fats in plants. So uh, it all makes sense and it, and, it, and it 100% works. So this is – I mean, it's not up for debate anymore.
2: <laughs> that, that's what uh, Chris and I tell people like we're like look this isn't even opinion. It's not, it's not. Even, even if I Didn't want it to be true. It's still true <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, and we actually just developed three uh, wellness programs where We're kind of revamping soul and wonder and relaunching a little bit um, sometime here in the next few months And we developed these three programs and they're all about cleansing and detoxification repairing and rebuilding and then reconnecting you with your food and to Ultimately, to see somebody go through all of these programs and to see the amount of success that they'll have going through them is just, I mean, again, that will speak for itself and that's why we we created these. So we don't have to do the talking. The food and the programs will do the talking for us. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, uh, I worked, I have the amazing um, for, good fortune to work for Whole Foods Market's um, Medical and Wellness Center that is based around the idea that you come in, we have doctors. We have two amazing physicians. We have, uh, I'm one of three health coaches there. Uh, we also have a behavioral health specialist and an acupuncturist. And it is the job of the health coaches to help people understand how a plant based diet can reverse their chronic disease, get them off their medications if they want to. So uh, on a daily basis, I get to see people coming in who are there for the doctors to, to administer their care and, and, and monitor the medicine and if they want, they can meet with me or one of the other amazing health coaches and we will help them transition to more of a plant-based diet or even 100% if they're willing to do so and the results speak for themselves. And uh, you know it's, it's incredible because this is a program that is offered to the employees of, health, of Whole Foods Market at no cost to them. So they come downstairs and they see their doctor and it doesn't cost them a thing they see me and it doesn't cost them a thing. It is simply the company saying that we're not just gonna give you health insurance. We're also gonna make sure that if you want to, you never have to be dependent upon it. And uh, I think that is gonna be the future of healthcare in terms of company responsibility for their employees. What but, a rewarding
0: uh, job, too, that you get to witness that every day and to see people go through these healthy transformations of their lives. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. And I know working in the, you know, we're kind of in a similar field here that it's just seeing this day after day is just, it's so rewarding.
2: This, yeah. The stories that we hear from just the few clients that we had even when we just first started our business it keeps us motivated to keep going i mean we've had people who were on medications for decades of their lives in the yeah. emergency room and the doctor never once told them maybe you should change your diet and they she had two extremely extremely difficult digestive disorders. All she did was switch to a mostly 100% plant food diet and within like a few weeks she wasn't taking her medications anymore.
1: (laughs) The most incredible experience that that I have is when I, because now I I get to work uh, with the Engine 2 team with Rip Esselstyn, he's become a, a really dear friend of mine and so I am a featured speaker at the Immersions every year and part of the Immersion team. And when we're there, it's this, you know, seven days at this resort in uh, Sedona, Arizona. Uh, Dr. Clapper is there. Doug Lyle is there. Garth Davis will be there. Uh, You know, Dr. Esselstyn is there. Uh, You know, Mylon Ross, who, if you haven't heard his story, he'll be be there this year. Um, And the whole thing is, you know, you follow. It's an all-you-can-eat plant-based immersion. All the food is overseen by the amazing Jane Esselstyn, who writes all the cookbooks for R.I.P., um, and we have people who have been on medicine for over 20 years, heart disease medication, diabetes medication. And you get to watch as Dr. Clapper, who if you guys don't know who, who he is, if, yeah, anyone listen, if anybody listening doesn't know who Dr. Michael Clapper is, I beg you to go look him up. Um, he gets to take them off their medicine on like day four. Wow. <laughs> people get to stand up and say how they've been on insulin or diabetes medicine or heart disease medication for 20 years and for the first time in 20 years, they don't have to take it. Uh, for the first time in 20 years, they don't have to prick their finger and make themselves bleed in order to find out how sick they are and they stand up and they they, be, they get vulnerable and they cry and it is a, an incredibly spiritual, life-changing experience to watch somebody be that vulnerable to a bunch of strangers Simply because they change what they've decided to put into their body. And, um, you know, Rip's new book, the seven day rescue diet is actually based on the data that we have, we have collected by doing these immersions because the, the immersions are seven days. So we took, he essentially, he took the immersion and put it into a book that anybody can follow. And the results are originally what he thought would take 28 days to achieve. Only took seven days uh, so, you know, it's an, it's an amazing book and it's a great way to sort of jumpstart your way into a plant-based lifestyle. Um, and I know that for me, you know, I look at what happened in my life as a result of it. And people like to hear about the things that I've lost by going plant-based, uh, 160 pounds, eight medications, uh, uh a laundry list of diseases, but, the most profound thing that has happened to me is what I've gained as a result of it. I have gained a quality of life that I've never experienced in my life before. Um, I have a relationship with my family that I've never had. Um, I have, uh, a photo of my dad and uh, that was taken by my mom as, as they walked me into rehab. And then another photo, uh, taken by my mom three years later of my dad and I running the race in Austin uh, together and if that doesn't like put it into in a perspective for you I don't know what will I mean my life one it, it also shows me that my parents had my back from day one they literally walked the entire journey with me and and to be honest my parents like I said I treated them like an ATM I remember nights when I was an addict and I was sick and I was up at night and I believed I would never make anything of myself. And I said, well, at least when my parents die, I'll get their money. Uh, and then for them to just stick by me and say, he's asking for help. He's given us no reason for us to believe that he'll do anything about it, but he's asking for help. So we're going to help him out, uh, to, to be able to be a part of their life and, and enjoy being around them and have, and be able to, give them the sun that I believe that they deserve is the most incredible experience for me on a daily basis. And, uh, the other thing is, you know, my dad, he's been a marathoner his whole life and, but he ate the standard American diet. He's been fit. He's been, he, you know, he's, he's been a marathoner. Uh, and about a year before his, uh, I went into the immersion, he suffered a stroke. Wow. And, uh, he nearly died from it. It was basically the doctor said it was a miracle he survived. Um, if he had died that day, we wouldn't have been to been able to uh, reconcile our relationship. Uh, about a year and a half later, or three years later, actually, uh, he almost lost me to a drug addiction before we could reconcile our relationship. But thanks to a plant-based diet um, and thanks to the recovery that they offered me and thanks to the fact that he is now a plant-based eater – I know 100% that he and my mom never have to worry about me dying from a uh, from an overdose or from diabetes or heart disease, and I know I never have to be sitting at home and get a call from the hospital saying, you need to get over here because your dad's not going to live 24 hours. Um, and so plant-based diet didn't save my life. It really it, – it gave me the opportunity to create a completely different one, and everybody has the opportunity to do that because it isn't exclusive to any one person. This is a completely inclusive diet. And if if you're a human being on this planet, your your health will thrive on this diet. That's simply how it works. So
0: what a what a story and it's it's great to see that both you and your father although you went through two separate things you both had a rebirth so to say and to be able to come back together and celebrate that and celebrate life and enjoy all these things is and you know you have a long time now you know to do all yeah. these things it's it's pretty pretty cool and very yeah. remarkable
1: I mean he went plant based he ran the New York marathon a year after his stroke he uh He's going to run it this year with me. Uh, I'm doing Leadville, the, the Leadville Marathon in June. In June, uh, with with a bunch of um, it's going to be awesome because it's me, Josh, Tim Kaufman, Jason Cohen, uh, and I can't. I'm going to mispronounce your name, buddy. Uh, Anthony Messiello. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> all of us, all of us have made a huge change in our life as a result of going plant based. Tim Kaufman and Josh Lajani were both over 400 pounds. Uh, now tim is a century rider on his bike and josh Lajani is if you're into running was on the cover of runners world in january um and we're all going to do the race together and we're uh we're we're getting an airbnb we're going to have this big plant-based kitchen for all of us oh my god i can't wait good for (laughs) you
0: man that's awesome i want to be there that sounds that sounds amazing
2: that is great
0: so before we let you go, I know uh, you know we're coming up on time here that uh, you have to get going. But what I don't know if there's any other advice that you'd like to share with anybody, or and then also tell people where they can find you and uh, yeah,
1: go from there. So my my advice uh, that I give to everybody is um, if you think that you you're you can benefit from a plant based diet, one you're right, and two um, you know, what's the downside to giving it a shot, you know, but don't just do it for a few days. Give yourself the opportunity to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because it's not going to give you the same satisfaction at first that your, your standard American diet does. Um, and I'll tell you this, uh, I am, if, if I'm good at anything, I'm really good at being an addict. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a very talented. I was a very talented drug addict. When I needed my drugs, I knew who to scam. I knew who to cheat, um, and and I was never so productive as when I got when I needed more drugs. I just switched from a destructive addiction to a constructive addiction. It took work, but I'm telling you, if you think I'm any less addicted to the plant based lifestyle I live today, you'd be fooling yourselves. I absolutely love these foods. And There's a real uh, change that occurs in your outlook on the world and the way that you move through it. When you, when you, I heard David Clark, uh, if you guys don't know who David Clark is, look him up. He's amazing. He has a great book called Out There, a story of, uh, of ultra-recovery. He mentioned how when he switched to a plant-based diet, that at first walking through the grocery store, when he would go through the meat section, he would look at them and they'd just be packaged meat that he, and that was just, those were just the foods he didn't eat. But after a while, walking through the grocery store, those became dead animals. Mm-hmm. And there's a real enlightening and an awakening that occurs when you allow yourself to experience what a plant-based lifestyle is because it is it just so happens to be the healthiest diet on the planet, which also just so happens to be the kindest diet on the planet, and it also just happens to be the best one for the environment. Um, so there is no downside to doing it, and there is nothing you're not going to be lacking in any nutrients. It is impossible to be protein deficient because protein deficiency doesn't exist. There's no such thing as protein deficiency. Protein deficiency is a deficiency of all nutrients. It is what is known as starving to death.
2: Thank you. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> in fact, the true medical definition for protein deficiency is called quash your core. and The reason most of these listeners right now have never heard of that is because it doesn't exist in this country. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It exists in uh, starving children uh, that you see in developing countries that can't stand under the weight of their own bodies. Um, You are gonna get all the protein you need, but on top of that, you're gonna get all the phytonutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the antioxidants, the the nutrients that restore health. All of the things that are lacking in a meat-centered diet you're gonna get all the fiber, all the water, you're going to thrive, and and you're going to, as Doug Lyle says, you're going to have the life that you deserve uh, when you switch to a plant-based diet. So, that's my advice. Love it.
2: Well, if that Just doesn't do motivate it. someone, <laughs> I don't know what would. Well, where, lastly, where can people find you? You're on Instagram. Yeah.
1: So on Instagram, uh, my name is Plant Based Addict, um, and I also have a page on Facebook, Plant Based Addict, Plant Hyphen Based, Plant Based Addict. Um, uh, but you can also follow me at Adam Sud on, uh, <clears throat> on Facebook and, uh, I'm hoping to be launching a, a new website plant-based addict this year, uh, which should be, you know, interesting. I'm not really the whole website thing. I, 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 you know, I've never really had one before, but I see the reason for it. Um, and yeah, so I hope, you know, I uh, I hope that the listeners are able to connect with, with parts of my story and realize that. Uh, This isn't a a diet that works on some people. It's a diet that works on everyone because it's a diet that we have evolved from nature to eat and thrive on. And when you look at all other animals in nature, they eat the diet that they've evolved to eat and they thrive. You never see a gopher on the edge of a vegetable patch going, I don't know, I've already (laughs) eaten three tomatoes. No, they eat the foods that they need to eat and as a result, they are their optimal health we are simply another species of animals on this planet. When we switch to eat the diet, the foods that we have evolved from nature to eat, we thrive and we reach our optimal health. It is simply nature, people. So that's well, it, yeah.
2: Well, thank you so much for expressing those messages so eloquently and matter-of-factly and by providing some helpful resources for our listeners to check in on on their own time. We really appreciate having you on the show, Adam.
1: Thanks, Adam. It's been a pleasure.
0: And now, the health tip of the episode. One of our favorite times. It is. So, today we're going to keep it simple, but powerful. We are going to talk about water. H2O. Good old H2O.
2: We all know we have to drink it. We all know the doctor says eight glasses a day. But do we really understand clean, healthy water?
0: And what inspired us to do this health tip is that we actually just got off a water fast. Those of you that have been following us, we just finished a three-day water fast, three and a half days to be exact, and we thought it'd be really important to share not much about water fasting, so to say, but more about the water that we were drinking and continue to drink. So, now, let's back up for a second. We need to talk about how why water is important. So since roughly about 60% or maybe a little bit more of our bodies are made up of water, it is essential to us living, breathing. Mm-hmm. So we wanna talk about number one, hydration and why that's so important. What type of water you should be drinking and how water can elevate your life in every single way possible. So when you're thirsty, it's your body telling you that it obviously needs water. But it's not just your body, it's every single cell in your body that's dehydrated. And what happens when your body becomes dehydrated for too long? Things start to shut down.
2: Degenerative disease sets in.
0: It does, so after a while now, if you're used to drinking two, three glasses of water a day and you're drinking tap water, which has full of chemicals, which is full of heavy metals, which is full of fluoride, and the list goes on, then you're, you're doing your body a great disservice. So what we need to do is we need to be drinking round eight glasses, and we need to be drinking clean water. So we drink reverse osmosis with added minerals. So, what reverse osmosis is, it actually goes through a very, I think it's a nine step process of cleaning out any chemicals that are in the water. And it then leaves you with this ultra pure, ultra clean pH level, like 8.0 to 8.5 water. And it just is incredible for your body. However, it is stripped of minerals as well. So it, it cleans out all the toxic material, but it also strips of minerals, strips it of minerals. So we need to add minerals to the water. And you can do this by using concentrate minerals, which are great. They're just drops you can put into the water to add minerals back to the water.
2: You can order that on Amazon or go to your local health food store.
0: Got it. Or even easier, unrefined Himalayan sea salt
2: has about 72 minerals that our bodies need.
0: And you can do that by adding a half a teaspoon to each gallon. So that's an easy way to add minerals back into the water. Now I would say hey go to your local spring and get yourself some clean water that's been flowing in there but unfortunately in this day and age many of the water sources um, that we live around are contaminated. So. That isn't always the easiest uh, method.
2: And just like tap water, they've done a lot of studies recently that bottled water is just as toxic. They use chemicals in that filtration process as well. So those of you who love drinking bottled water, sorry to break it to you, but it's not as clean as you were hoping it would be.
0: And not only that, it's sitting in plastic, and the plastic that it's sitting in oftentimes is very toxic. And when it sits and it's transported and it's hot and then it's cold, it's it's, um, switching temperatures all the time, this then is... It
2: slowly breaks down into your water. It breaks down
0: the water, exactly. So... If you can't find a reverse osmosis machine, that's okay. You can still go get distilled water. You can find distilled water at pretty much any grocery store. Just buy it in the 1-gallon jugs, add your minerals, and you are good to go.
2: And reverse osmosis machines, most uh, a lot of grocery stores are starting to pop up reverse osmosis machines takes it's maybe 39 to 99 cents to refill a gallon depending on where you live. Um And usually your local health food store will have a machine as well. And the best thing to do is just call your local stores and say, Hey, you got an RO machine? And, well, there you go.
0: And not only that, if you consume a lot of fresh organic vegetables and fruits, what's in those fruits? What's made up of those fruits and vegetables? Water. Water. I can't sing like you. (laughs) I won't even try that. But if you continue to eat these fresh fruits and vegetables you're getting your body is being hydrated uh, at a very high level and you're also receiving minerals with that so that is optimal drinking clean water eating fresh fruits and vegetables i mean you're taking care of your body you're doing your body a great service by doing that and hopefully beginning to start reversing disease and any other chronic conditions that you have that's it that is it so stay tuned uh we have another great lineup coming up uh won't spoil the fun here and tell you who but we have some really awesome guests coming up so stay tuned for that and we will catch you next time bye bye
2: bye